Let's make the case for why the Aggies are going to win more than nine games this season. You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on in the Locked On Aggies. I'm your host, Andrew Stefaniak. Thanks for making Locked On Aggies your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash college and they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. So today, we're going to make the case. We're going to make both sides of this argument. Why the Aggies are going to win nine-plus games. Why the Aggies are going to win six or less six or less games. We're going to break it down, and I'm going to make the case for both sides of this argument. In the comments, I've seen a lot of both. A lot of people really high on Texas A&M. A lot of people saying Coach Fisher's going to be fired by week six. I've seen on both sides of this. So we're going to break down both sides, but let's start with a little bit of a sunshine pump and talk about why the Aggies are going to win nine or more games this season. So to run through the schedule before we get into it, New Mexico at home, at Miami, Louisiana Monroe at home, Auburn at home, neutral site with Arkansas, Bama at home, at Tennessee, South Carolina at home, at Ole Miss, Mississippi State at home, Abilene Christian at home, at LSU. So to kind of start this argument, the way I'm going to start breaking this down, the first thing that I I have is the reason I think the Aggies are going to win nine-plus games this year is because the talent is too good. There is too much talent on this roster for this team to have back-to-back seasons where they just don't play well. I think part of it was coaching as to what went on last season, but I think that's a great place to start is with this talent. The Aggies have one of the best blue-chip ratios, which is the ratio of four- and five-star players on your roster in the country. Even with transfers, I've seen that narrative floating around. Well, they lost all their good players. Even with transfers out, the Aggies still have the sixth-best blue-chip ratio in college football. So the you can't argue that there isn't talent on this football team. The net, So the young talent improving. A lot of last season, we saw a lot of these young guys in the game. We saw, you know, your young offensive line. Bryce Foster was young. He obviously went down with an injury. Wegman was young. Evan Stewart. All these um, young players were playing relevant snaps, both of the Shamars. I mean, you just you had lots of young players that were doing the damage for the Aggies last season. And <clears throat> I talk time and time again about how it's hard for these players to come out of high school, young guys to come in and just be dominant in the SEC, in the best conference of college football, some of the best athletes on this planet. It's not easy to just come in and dominate. You have to develop. You have to get into your body, get into the weight room, and figure things out to succeed on the gridiron. And I think that is part of what's going on in this offseason. I think guys like the players I just listed, Stewart and Nolan and Wegman and Foster and all these guys that we you know, freshman, sophomore last season, they've developed and gotten better heading into this season. They've gotten stronger. They're, they're getting faster and bigger and faster and stronger in the weight room. Those changes are going to lead to wins. So I think that is kind of the physicality part of why I think the Aggies are going to have a way better season this year. Then you talk about the coaching side of things. We're going to break it down into basically three ways. I'm going to break down the schedule why I think the Aggies are going to win nine games. 
we just broke down like that, how these players are going to develop and then coaching. Those are my three real reasons here. So when it comes to coaching, you know, I still am in the, the camp that coach Fisher's a good coach. I've seen a lot of comments and folks like, I agree with you I, in the comments. I agree. I, I'm not sitting here. Coach Fisher's got to have a good season. He, you know, we can't, we can't keep him around if he's not winning football games. This is, he's been on the, in college station for a long time. You've got to start to put productive seasons on the field other than really the 2020 COVID season. So to me, the way you got to break this down is you bring in Bobby Petrino. And I know we've hit this topic, but I am so high on what coach Petrino is going to bring to this football team. I think, you know, his, the fact that he's just going to just be able to call the offense, run the offense. He doesn't have to worry about, you know, babysitting and the intangibles that come with being a head coach. He's truly just out there to make this offense score points. And I think in that role, he is going to thrive. I think Coach Petrino is going to have this Texas A&M offense going from one of the worst in the SEC, near one of the worst in the country, to one of the best in the SEC and one of the best offenses in the country. I have that much confidence in what Coach Petrino's offense looks like and what his offense is going to bring to College Station. I'm sold on that. I'm high on that. If I'm wrong on that, I'll own it. And that's what we're going to talk about in segment two when we get into the flip side of this argument. But I am... I think Coach Petrino is the difference. I think his offense is the difference to why the Aggies are going to be successful this season. I think he's going to make it easier on some of these young offensive weapons like Wegman and like Stewart and some of these young guys, Ruben Owens. He's going to make it easier on them to succeed this season. Then when you look at the schedule, now we're going to break this down solely on talent when I talk about these rosters. So when you break down the schedule – New Mexico is a win. Louisiana Monroe is a win. Abilene Christian is a win. So you got three wins before we even get into the tough non-conference game and the SEC slate. I think the Aggies beat Auburn at home. I think the Aggies beat South Carolina at home. And I think the Aggies beat Mississippi State at home. So that put gives you six wins right there. So that means that you have, let's see, one, two, three, four, so a handful of other games that I would consider to be more toss-ups, okay? Which would be Miami, Arkansas, Alabama, Tennessee, Ole Miss, and LSU. Those are the six toss-up games. So you talk about those six toss-up games, and you already have six wins written down. I Some might disagree with, with the Aggies, with me considering South Carolina a win. I just I don't see it with them this season. I've talked about the positivity I have for that program going forward, but not this season. So – you look at these next handful of games, like I said, Miami, Arkansas, Alabama, Tennessee, Ole Miss, and LSU. I'm not, I think, I think Texas AM is going to beat Ole Miss at their place. I've seen a lot of Vegas betting odds we talked about yesterday. I've seen a lot of things that just people think the Aggies are flat out better than Ole Miss. If this game was in College Station, I think the Aggies would be favored by six points. The fact that it is in um, Oxford, the I think Ole Miss has been favored by a point the most recent I've seen it, but it's a game. I think Texas a is the better football team, and I think Texas a is going to win this football game. Um, just, I just, I, it's, 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 it's more of just you got better players, and, and at the end of the day, I like Coach Kiffin, I like his offense, I like all that, but the Aggies have a better roster, top to bottom. I think they have a better, I think they have a better quarterback. I think they have better receivers. I think they have a better defense. I think they have a better team, and I think they're going to go to Oxford, not known for having a crazy good atmosphere or being a difficult place to play and they're going to kick their butt. I, that's my opinion there. That gives you seven wins. 
So then you're two away from that nine barrier. I think the Aggies are going to beat Miami. I do. I, um, I've seen, you know, we had on our our locked on recruiting analyst, Brian Smith, is a Miami writer, and he gave us his opinion on the matter. It seems like he likes the Hurricanes, but frankly, I disagree. And I like the I like the Aggies in this game. I, I just I think it's the same thing. Miami did well in the portal, they do well recruiting, but I just think Texas AM is top to bottom, better football team than Miami right now. Um, having to go on the road, don't love that. Playing in the hot Miami Heat, don't love that. But also there's not much of an atmosphere. It's not you're not going into an atmosphere where you're gonna be booed and hollered and yelled at all day. I just, I don't, it's not a game that is super scary to me. The games that are concerning to me, Arkansas, Alabama, Tennessee, and LSU. I, you miss in that category, I think. But so, like I said, that's seven wins right there. If you can find a way to take care of business against Arkansas, Alabama, Tennessee, um, or LSU, some of these teams, you can you can you can talk yourself into how this this team can get to nine wins. Um, I think Texas A&M beats Arkansas. And listen, the, the thing the thing people you all have to understand when I when I make these projections, it's college football. There's injuries. So many things are going to happen between point A and point B to these games. There's injuries. Players don't pan out well. All these different things are going to happen that are going to change the landscape. I mean, you know, Wegman goes down or KJ Jefferson goes down, and this Arkansas game is completely different. You know, um, Milton goes down, and the Tennessee uh, Tennessee Texas A&M game is completely different. So these projections are just based on where we're at right now, and I think Texas A&M has a better roster than Arkansas. The game is being played in their home in the Aggies' home state. I think Texas A&M wins this game. I and and like. You know, I, I get it. You can, People can predict upsets, predict this. We've already talked about how the Aggies are favored in that game. People think Texas A&M is going to win that game. I don't think it is by any stretch of the imagined crazy for me to say that the Aggies are going to beat Arkansas, the Aggies are going to beat Ole Miss, and the Aggies are going to beat Miami. If you take care of business in all those games, that's nine wins right there. And then that leaves the three games that are I consider to be the real tough ones, LSU, Bama, and Tennessee. You take care of one of those games. You know, you, of course, get Bam at home, go to Tennessee. I think the Aggies can win one of those games. I do. I'm willing to say that I think Texas A&M wins one of those three games. I think they're they're going to beat Bama, Tennessee, or LSU. They're going to win one of those three games. If I had to bet on it, I would, I'd feel better about the game at Tennessee and the game Bam at home. But I'd say I think the Aggies have a good shot to beat Tennessee. So, and then do the math on that, you know, do the, run the numbers on that. Let's say you drop one of these games that I kind of consider the more toss up games, which are uh, Miami, Arkansas, and Ole Miss. You take care of business. You drop, let's say you drop at Ole Miss, right? But you beat Arkansas and Miami and then you beat Tennessee. That's nine wins. There's lots of ways you can make this argument for the Aggies getting the nine wins. I, I think it's within the realm of possibility with this roster, partially because we don't know what this team's going to look like. It is so boomer bust. This team could win a national championship. This team could win five games. That is truly the ceiling and the floor of this team, which we've talked about before here on Locked on Aggies. But I just I think this season's going to be special. And I think the Aggies truly – I feel more confident saying eight wins, that the Aggies are going to win eight games. I feel very confident saying that. But I don't think saying nine – I don't think nine or ten wins is a crazy statement to say Texas a and going to win nine or ten games. Now, let's talk about the flip side of this argument and talk about why the Aggies are going to win six or less games. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Bird Dogs. 
Bird dogs are the most comfortable shorts I have ever worn in my life. I wear them. Everything I do, if I'm hitting the gym, I'm wearing my bird dogs. If I am out golfing, I'm wearing my bird dogs. If I'm fishing, I'm wearing my bird dogs. Any of, If I'm sitting watching an Aggie football game in a couple months, I'm going to be wearing my bird dogs. They're comfortable. They look good. They sculpt your legs nice. I don't know really how else to kind of explain that, but they just make you look good. They make you feel good. They're versatile. They're comfortable. They're they're worth the price. These shorts, I can't wait to order some more. As we're getting, you know, we're in the middle of summer. I need some more shorts. They're comfortable. I love these shorts. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college, and they'll throw in a free bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. I promise you are not going to want to take your bird dogs off. So now it's time for the flip side of this argument. I wanted to start, it's like the compliment sandwich. I wanted to start positive, get negative. And then, although what we're talking about in segment three isn't negative, but you get what I'm saying. I wanted to start with some positive, why the Aggies are going to win nine-plus games. Now, let's talk about the flip side of it. A lot could go bad this season, and I think the main thing to consider when talking about the what could go bad is the boomer bust nature of this team, which we just discussed a moment ago, but I do think that is what could make this team successful or unsuccessful is the boomer bust nature of this team. You know, if this offensive line doesn't take a step forward like I and many believe it will, then, you know, Wegman's getting hit before he can even catch the snap. If the um, defensive line and linebackers aren't able to take that step forward, stopping the run, and the defensive line is like Swiss cheese and opposing teams are just, boom, running on through you like it's nothing, this team could be bad. If Connor Wegman doesn't take the second-year step that I and, like I said, many others expect, this team could be bad. If Coach Fisher doesn't let go of the reins and uh, of the offense and, and say, you know, um, here, Coach Petrino, do your thing, if he kind of keeps his hands on the playbook, this team could be bad. And, you know, I talked about the ceiling. Genuinely, this football team, this football team can make the college football playoff. That's a statement I'm going to make. Let's say this blew up and went all over the world. I would get absolutely toasted just because of what the national media has wanted people to perceive of this Texas A&M football team. People are tired of being high on Texas A&M when in all reality, I believe they should be this season. But, you know, if this team doesn't pan out, you, you running back through this schedule, kind of what we just broke down, these, let's say you drop all the top, the toss up games, you drop the game to Miami, Arkansas, and Ole Miss, and then you lose to LSU, Tennessee, and Bama. You're six and six playing in the bowl game for a chance to go seven and six. Seven and six is not a, a not a record anyone's going to be happy with. I'm not going to be happy. No one's happy with, with, with seven wins, I mean, with, with that being a bowl game win. So, you know, a six and six regular season, seven and six final record. No one's going to be happy with that. Not after what Aggie fans went through last year. No one is going to sit here and pretend to be stoked about seven wins after a bowl game. It's just – it's not a number Aggie fans want to be sitting at. No one, Jimbo Fisher was not brought here to win six, seven, eight games. He was brought here to compete for SEC and national championships. And so, I mean, like I said, you look at this roster. I mean, you look at this schedule, those six games, Miami, Arkansas, Ole Miss, LSU, Tennessee, and Bama. You drop all six of those, and then South Carolina or Auburn, one of those two teams beats you. You're right back in the same boat as last year, not playing in the bowl game. And that's part of playing an SEC schedule. I mean, obviously Miami's not in the SEC, but I think they're a dang good team. And then 
any of these teams, Arkansas is a good team. Arkansas is going to be a top 25 team. Tennessee is going to be a top 25 team. Bama, of course, Ole Miss is. Uh, I think South Carolina has a chance with a couple of wins behind the arm of Spencer Rattler has a chance to be a top 25 team. This is not a cakewalk. You're playing the best teams in college football on a week-to-week basis. So, you know, if these things that we expect to be better this season aren't better, this team could be bad. This team could be very bad. And when I say very bad, a five and seven is, a, once again, is a realistic possibility just because of how tough the schedule is. And I mean, and frankly, I don't think it's even that tough of an SEC schedule compared to some, but it's just the fact that it's an SEC schedule. South Carolina, Mississippi State, teams like those, I don't think they're going to be world beaters this year, but they're still solid SEC football teams with good rosters that on any given day could beat you. And I think that's why like, we, we talk about the ceiling and the floor, and I keep bringing up that, that term, but it is so wide. I, I can't remember a college football team in recent memory where, where the ceiling's been a college football playoff appearance and the floor has been five and seven. It's like, you know, I mean, you look at it to, uh, like Georgia and Bama, and it's like, okay, the floor is 10 wins and the ceiling is undefeated national championships. It's like, you know, you got a two-game buffer. With Texas A&M, it's literally like a six, seven-game difference between your ceiling and your floor, and that's just uncommon. But that has to do with the boomer bust nature of this roster, the things that you need to get better, the offensive line, quarterback play people got to stay healthy the defensive line's got to stop the run the linebackers have to stop the run all of these things have to come together and if they do come together it's going to be awesome if they don't come together it's going to bring extreme pain and agony to all who love the texas a&m aggies so I just, you know, I, I, um, I think, I think injuries, you know, could be at play in here too. You got to stay healthy. Last year you were banged up. It led to a uh, quarterback carousel. Led to your, you know, your center going down. One of your best receivers going down. You lost a lot of talent, um, with to injury last season. And I mean, it's, it's not controllable. It's not something like, hey, Aggies, you got to stay healthy this year. Come on, like, it's not something I can sit here and tell, you know, do better, stay healthy. Obviously, you can do things in the weight room and eating right to put yourself in a position to stay healthy. But at the end of the day, freak injuries are going to happen, and they're going to happen. You're going to lose a starter to this season injury. But you have to just, frankly, avoid it better than some other teams. And, you know, if those four or five things I talked about, Wegman doesn't pan out. The offensive line doesn't get better. Coach Retrino's offense, that he doesn't get the offense handed to him by Coach Fisher. Coach Fisher holds on to the offense. Injuries happen. If those things happen, this thing could spiral out of control quickly. If all those things go the opposite way, this team could win nine, 10 games, potentially compete for a college football playoff appearance and potentially win the SEC West. That is the difference in the ceiling and the floor of this football team. And it's going to make for a bumpy ride, but a fun one at that. Who are the 10 best players on this 2023 Texas A&M roster? College Football News put out a list of their um, – and this actually, I highly recommend going to read this. I, this was a great article they put out, kind of um, previewing the team as a whole, expectations, win-loss total, um, pre- preview for the offense, preview for the defense. They talked about Coach Petrino and Coach Fisher and um, all the you know different stuff like that. When it comes to this 2023 Texas A&M football team, it was a really great read. I highly recommend going to look at it. But – they put out a list of their top 10 best players on this Texas A&M roster. We're going to run through it. I'm going to say what surprised me, what I agree with, and I have, let's see, six, seven, eight names here that I think 
you could argue should be on this list. And I'm sure there's names on the, that I don't have that should be on this list. So number one, this was a little interesting to me. I don't hate it, but it was definitely interesting. But Damani Richardson, number one, Bryce Foster, two. This one to me was really, really interesting. Josh DeBerry at three. Edgerian Cooper at four. Walter Nolan at five. Tony Grimes at six. Anaya Smith at seven. Connor Wegman at eight. Evan Stewart at nine. And Ruben Owens at 10. So to kind of start off with what surprised me a little bit, I think the, the Dewberry being where he was was a little interesting, you know, to me. So like we talked about Athlon Sports' depth chart yesterday. Um, and Dewberry wasn't even on there. Now, do I do I agree with that? No. I think Dewberry is one of the better players on this roster. But I've been seeing a lot of – I've been doing a, a lot of – you know, I've, I've been reading a lot of, of different people on, on the beat who I disagree with. My take on this is that I think Dewberry is definitely 100% in the two deep and could compete for a starting spot with maybe Anderson. I don't know if he's taking a spot from Grimes or Tariq Chappelle, but um, – he, he's a, a dang good football player that needs to be on the field at some point somehow. So, but him being at three, ugh, I mean, I'm high on him. I love him as a player. I think he's a great football player. I think he makes this team better and makes this team deeper. But third best player on the roster, that's, I think that's a stretch. Um, so the names I got here for guys who I think you could have argued should have been on this list were Musay Muhammad, Tariq Chappelle, are Shamir, Shamir Turner, Shamir Stewart, Amari Daniels, Le'Veon Moss, and Ruben Fothery. I'm high on Fothery this year. A lot of y'all might hear and go, Fothery, what in the heck is he doing here? I think Fothery's going to have a good season. I'm very high on, on – I love his frame, big, tall, bulky, big, son-of-a-gun offensive tackle. Um, I think he's going to have a good a good year and uh, be one of the reasons the Aggies' offensive line takes a big step forward. But – um, one of the first things I talked about when I took over the show was Tariq Chappelle. It was like, I think it was, it was either on three or 24 seven sports put out there, like top hundred college football players this season. And there was one Aggie name on this list and it was Tariq Chappelle. So seeing Tariq Chappelle, not even on the top 10 on this was a little surprising to me. I mean, I, I think Tariq Chappelle is a guy who should be on here. I mean, is he better than Tony Grimes? I think they're about the same, the same skill level. Same ceiling this season, and Grimes is number six on this list. So it's like, you know, there's some guys that should be on here. I think um, all the running backs, you could argue, are some of the better, you know, talented players they were out of high school. Um, I do think they're all going to have a big role. We've discussed that, as you everydayers know. But I just think, in general, the running backs should be there. Um, I, I don't mind Fothry on this list. I think there's there's a lot of defensive linemen that you could argue should have been on here. McKinley Jackson, Fidel Diggs. I think you could argue that a handful of those big guys up front on the defense could have been on this list as well, aside from Walter Nolan, because like Walter Nolan's on here, and I've seen a lot of most of the depth charts I've read don't even have him as a starter. And I've argued how I think eventually he's going to work his way into a starting role, but I don't know if he's going to start the season in one. So I think this list, but you know, the, the, the takeaway from this list for me is this. I think it's funny because you can sit here and look and you can say, you know, there are like 25 to 30 players that you could argue should be top 10 on this roster. And I think if you went to most SEC teams besides maybe like Bama and Georgia with this roster, I think you'd see a handful of Aggies in the top 10 of each roster 
in the SEC. I think that's how deep and talented this roster is, which is why I talk about how high I am on this team. I think a lot of people are down on the Aggies because of the coaching staff more so than the roster, but I think the additions to the coaching staff are going to make get the best out of all of this talent. So those are the top 10 players according to College Football News. Go check out that article they wrote. I really I enjoyed it. It was a great read. Um, so, yeah, go give that a read. And then tell me in the comments, was there anybody that I had on my list that weren't on this list that you disagree with? Is there anybody missing, somebody that you think should be considered for a top 10 player on this roster? Let me know what you think there. But that is going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Aggies. As always, I appreciate you all tuning in. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and we will see you tomorrow.